Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 78 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you all for joining us on this most difficult of days. Uh, we once again find ourselves in this most humbling of positions where our, our Washington Capitals have proven themselves to be incompetent come playoff time, unfortunately. And this is a feeling that I am quite familiar with, but life goes on. Hey, makes you feel any better? I got my heart snapped in half last night, yeah. so I can kind of relate to your pain. I'm this is pain. a like collective grieving episode. This is like a group therapy session for everyone. Yeah, pens aren't out, but it's not looking great. Um, I'm gonna toss it across the screen to my other co-host, Mac Vogel. How you doing, buddy? Hey. <laughs> Morning. How are you? Uh, I'm alive. Still, you know, just there hanging out. Uh, took all of me to uh, – I actually tried to avoid hockey entirely yesterday. I was just, like, feeling really shitty about it all. And then uh, went to the Bucks game, had some fun there, came home. Uh, the Oilers game was still going on. So I did flip on the uh, double OT and then watch it finish up in triple OT, which I will say the one silver lining out of all this is – at the very least, it is kind of nice to be able to watch the playoffs and like have no vested interest anymore, yes. and just like root root for fun hockey games to happen. Yeah. You know, just root but for if, chaos. If literally that's the only thing that I can be excited about, it's like God, fuck me. And normally, it's like, okay, I would like if that happened maybe after the second round or like the you know the third round or whatever. After we at least like show that we have some fucking pride. But like, bro, one fucking postseason win. One. Uh, We're going to dive all into it real soon. Um, Yeah, just a a, a rainy Tuesday morning that none of us are really enjoying here. So we're we're passing the time. Um, I'm going to toss it off to Nick to go over some news and then we'll really recap all this fucking bullshit we call hockey. (laughs) Well, some good news to get to. First of all, uh, we do have an update on John Tavares. Uh, he's going to need two weeks to recover from uh, a knee injury as well as a concussion that he stained in that ugly hit um, where he like fell into Corey Perry's knee. And they said he's going to need at least two weeks, which I think is completely understandable. So wishing him the best and hopefully he gets back soon. And hopefully the Leafs are still in the playoffs after two weeks. So is we'll that see. really it? Two weeks? I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, when this happened, I thought there was a chance like he might not play again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was like, he's not playing for the rest of the year, but I don't know. I mean, like, it could be longer. You never know yeah, with I that guess. kind of stuff. I, so. I think it's. I think it's two weeks for the knee, and then like they don't right, really and then I concussion. Guess, yeah, that's true because there's never a timetable with a concussion. So exactly. Right. Uh, Nazem Kadri was suspended for that high hit he had on Justin Falk, and they gave him eight playoff games. What did you yeah. guys think about that? Did you think that was too much or? D- well, first off, fun stat. Uh, any team that Kadri's played for, and I read this on Friedman's Twitter yesterday, he's missed 31% of playoff games when he's playing with with teams historically that he's been a part of. That's fucking nuts, dude. I mean, that's like you're talking about a third of your postseason career being suffered in suspension. That's crazy to me. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really dirty hit. Uh, I, I don't know if I could say we all agree on that. I, I don't think we've talked about it yet, but I personally did think it was dirty. He's oh, re- I did. Yeah, he's a repeat offender. He's done this, you know, what? This is his third playoff suspension, I believe, and I think like fifth suspension overall. Don't put yep. me on those numbers. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what – now, he did file an appeal. Did we say that? Yes, he did. Yeah. It's so, like the definition of a flying elbow, too. I mean, it's literally just yeah. coming across the middle of the ice and – chucking an elbow at somebody's head so 
I thought it was it was a dirty hit for sure. I was just surprised that the league went with eight games. I was like watching it, that, and it I'm does like, seem a little bit much. I mean, like we've talked about all year, there's really no consistency with it, and it doesn't. You know, you try to compare hits with other ones, and and good luck when you when you start trying to do that because I mean, the list of hits that are equally as bad as that one, or possibly worse as that one, and didn't get as many games. I mean, it's just you know, where do you even where do you even begin with all that shit? You know. It sort of reminded me of like the Rafi Torres situation where, you know, now once we're into the playoffs and he hits someone and it's dirty, it's just going to be like each time he does it, the suspension is just going to grow. So, yeah, um, I, I, it's going to suck that they don't have him when they, I assume, will be playing Vegas next round. So uh, that's yeah. a huge loss for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, also his eight games like won't start until that series starts. It's not like he can get some out of the way in the first round. Cause you know, it's already right. said right. and done. So yeah, no, I understand. Uh, yeah. You know, Mac, we talk about things being inconsistent all year. One of the things that a lot of people have been saying has been inconsistent so far this postseason is officiating just across the board and hurricanes head coach, Ron Brindamore thinks so as well saying to the media the other day that his team is battling two opponents, the Nashville Predators and the officiating staff. I'm sure he'll get some backlash for that. But uh, what have your guys' thoughts been on the officiating that you've seen across the board? I know we have opinions about the the Caps and Bruins series, but I think across the board it's been pretty sketchy. Yeah, I think inconsistent is just, like you said, the best word for it. It's, it's random. It's you know, you turn on a game and you have no idea what they're going to let go. And especially the ones that have been the most inconsistent for me are the stuff is like the stuff after the whistle. Like I've seen so many plays where there's like little, little chippy shit after the whistle and certain games, the refs will come flying in and take a guy from each team. Certain times they'll come flying in and take one random guy out of, even if both teams were like stirring shit up, they'll just like pick a guy and decide that what he did was worse than what anyone else did. And somebody gets a power play out of it. And then sometimes they just won't do anything, which like, I'm fine with like taking both guys sometimes. And I'm fine with like, you know, taking nobody most of the time, to be honest, I wish they would just continue to do that and let them play i think all the after whistle stuff is you know whatever just let it let it happen unless it's like guys throwing straight up like haymakers but yeah we talked about it with the caps and bruins like you said i mean it's not always going to be both guys when there's stuff like that but sometimes it is and yeah they've just been they've been totally inconsistent with that stuff and uh yeah it, it definitely should improve but i don't know if it will I can't look at Nick seriously right now. <laughs> Dude, that mustache is just so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, sorry, off topic. <laughs> uh, as far as officiating, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's exactly what Max said. I can't remember if it was one or two episodes ago, but put this on a T-shirt. Quote, sometimes it's not both guys. Yeah. Mac Vogel. That's that's really the 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 gist of it. I mean, it's inconsistently consistent and what i mean by that is you're still getting the classic playoff refereed games where you're probably going to have both teams have the same amount of penalties you're getting makeup calls you know maybe if you caught a soft one you'll call a soft on another team that hasn't changed what has changed is how they're making them i mean yes. some of these penalties they're calling them for are not penalties and some of the things that aren't being called are complete penalties absolutely i mean I can only speak for what I've witnessed so far, but at least the one thing that's remained the same is, you know, in the final, I'd say five minutes of the third period. And if there's overtime, it's all at war. There ain't no whistles. The whistles are away at that point, which is like you said, at the very least, I'm happy about that. And I'm fine with that. And I think that's what we all want. But like when you're calling the entire game, really, really ticky tacky up until that last five minutes and then just decide to put them away. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, a gong show. It's, yes. no, it's just, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see more games where like literally each team gets like a power play. Like one gets one in the first, the other gets one in the second. And that's just it. Like yeah. that is it. And I know yeah. uh, Brendamore had some stats to back it up. Like I think it was the Predators had like eight power play chances and the Hurricanes had like three, which I know, you know, down you know at the end of the day comes down to they took eight penalties the other team took three but still right 
Well, I think the Caps Bruins series put on full display more than any other series what what officiating was going down. So, um, you guys want to start hopping into the series recaps, as painful as this might be for some of us? Yeah, sure. Let's just get through this. Okay, I'll let you go. Um, so the Boston Bruins end up beating the Washington Capitals uh, four to one. Uh, Mac, do you want to start? I guess. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no. I'm. I mean, I'm just. I'm just sick of it. It's. It sucks doing the same fucking rant three years in a row. It sucks losing in five games two years in a row. Um, yeah, it just. It's. It's embarrassing for sure. The the way they played this this postseason. I don't think there was really any heart at all. Um, the one thing that I will say that maybe you can use as an excuse is I, I think that there's no doubt that the pivotal moment in this series was the was the double overtime screw up between absolutely Stanislav and um god what defenseman was it? justin schultz which which one of our weak defensemen was it that didn't show up for the postseason <laughs> schultz yeah so uh you know if that if you know it's double overtime in a one one series and like whoever wins that game Probably, I don't know. I seriously think if the Caps won that game, maybe they'd find some life and and win the series or something like that. But they don't. So absolutely, uh, I don't think you can look they, at anything else as the turning point. No, and I mean, like you said, there's there's a bunch of overtime games, right? There was three. The first three games go to OT. So I mean, <laughs> the, the Caps had a chance to to be up three zero in in the series if they played a little bit better, but uh, they just didn't. And the superstars didn't show up. I thought that. Backstrom really disappointed me, and and I don't think I've ever said that in my entire life because almost every game I've ever watched, as bad as the Caps have played in certain games, he's been the one guy that I feel like shows up and plays hard every single night. He didn't look like he was, like, into it. He looked, like, bored out there. He was, like, kind of making lazy plays, and that's just not what I'm used to seeing from a guy like Nick Backstrom. And so what that tells me is that there's a locker room issue and I think we figured out the coaching thing last year and I like where we're at with that. And I would like to see Peter continue to, you know, work his systems into this caps team. Uh, But there's, there's clearly an issue with the players. In my opinion, somebody needs to go. I think we all know Kuznetsov needs to go. I don't know if that's the only problem. I don't know if you, if you ditch him and everything magically fixes itself, hopefully it's just that. I don't fucking know. But, so, you know, there's got to be a big shakeup this offseason. I hope that it's not, like, I don't want to see Oshi go. I obviously want to see Ovi resign, um, and I, I expect him to. But I I would love to see Kuzi get bounced and, and a handful of other smaller things. Um, the last thing I'll say is that, Haglin, Dowd, and Hathaway played better for the Caps than like anybody else did this whole postseason. They were absolutely dogging it every time they were on the ice. Um, those three in my book played, you know, they showed up for the playoffs, they did their job. And if the superstars had done that as well, I seriously think we would have won the series in like five or six games, but they didn't. So they were the they were the best line all series long. And that's just, I mean, that's and all that's, season long too, basically. Right, I mean, and that's they, great, but it's not a recipe together, for success. They were together as a line since like the third week of the season, and they never got switched up after that. And so you yeah. have that kind of line chemistry; good things are usually going to happen. I think the big issue for, at least for me, is um, everyone saying, "Oh, this is really, really bad because it's their third first round exit in three years." That happens to a lot of good hockey teams. It's the playoffs. I think the bigger issue is look at the way they lost the last two. Exactly. Three years ago, that was a series with Carolina. That sure. was back and forth. That a was series against a good hockey team. Right. And like you said, yeah, lots of back and forth. And you can't really, like, at the end of that series, you got to just say, hey, right. oh, well. We Game lost. seven, Stops. double overtime. Bummer. Yeah. Crazy bounce, let's be real. But the way that they just were emasculated by the Islanders two years ago. And yeah. then essentially the same thing happened after the first game here. So yeah. it's just and, bad. And like you said, I mean, I, I seriously wouldn't be sitting here like 
complaining nearly as much if like the Islanders series last year and the Bruins series this year, if each of them had gone like six games or like seven or something like that. And we had looked good and looked like we gave a fucking shit and looked like we wanted to win another Stanley cup, but we didn't at all. Like, yeah. like that Islanders series and this Bruins series, like after game one, at least for this Bruins series, we just were like, eh, whatever, let's golf. Like, fuck yeah, it. no, seriously. I mean, the, the elimination game, you know, game five, uh, they get one in the third period to pull within one. And then they, you know, dumb turnover. Oh, she throws a blind backhand pass up the middle of the ice instead of he's looking at the wall, just rim it off the wall and right. out of your zone. And, and they were buzzing hard too. Like, they yeah, get that, Sherry gets that immediate goal to start the third. And you're like, okay, maybe we're not done. Maybe the caps have a little bit of fucking heart in them. And they look good for about, eight or 10 minutes. And then, yeah, as soon as they just toss that one up the middle, it's like, ah, well, all right, we tried game over. Even yeah, exactly. I'm on the clock. And then after that, God fucking damn it. Let me just <laughs> rant about this for a second. <laughs> Lars Eller scores a goal and they call goaltender interference immediately. And Laviolette like looks at the fucking iPad for a second yeah. And like looks at his other coaches, ref comes over, he's like, What's it gonna be, buddy? And like I literally read uh Laviolette's lips. He pulls down his mask and goes, We're good. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? There's five minutes left. I don't care if you think you're not gonna get the call, you have to challenge it. You absolutely have to in that scenario. Like, just fucking try, dude. Back and- up against the wall. And here's the other thing. If he was worried about like, oh, we're going to get a minor penalty or whatever if we're wrong, we were already on the power play at that point too. So that would have just made it like four on four. And again, there's five fucking minutes left. You either have that goal on the board and you have a chance or you don't have that goal on the board and you're going to lose. And it doesn't fucking matter anyway if you get the call wrong. Like, just fucking try at that point. I didn't understand that at all. That made me so mad. Yeah. I remember you and I were texting when that happened and I said, or just use it as another timeout because you, you've got to do something. You need a break. You need sure. to regroup. Yeah. yeah. Again. And then if you're wrong, at least you just got a second to regroup with the team and reel them all in and say like, look guys, look at the fucking clock. There's five minutes up there and you're down by two goals. Go fix it. Like, yeah. Fuck me. It's, it's bad. And the, the effort just wasn't there. Uh, I know that, this team was not a hundred percent healthy. I don't think anyone's, you know, going to debate that because, you know, guys were probably playing it, you know, 65, 75%. It's just, it's just bad when the effort doesn't look like it's there and it's that blatantly obvious. I think it was, you know, blatantly obvious to everyone that watched it. I mean, kudos to Boston though. I mean, they just dismantled them and suffocated them. Yeah, and they got the big goals when they needed. I think too another pivotal moment is them getting that. Uh, you know, game two goes to overtime and they score like thirty seconds in before we mm-hmm. had a chance to like really do anything. So they they did a great job of of hitting us where it hurts in a lot of ways and and deflating us. And that's exactly what happened. So um, it sucks, but but yeah, go O's or whatever. Go pick pick your nba team go bucks whatever you want to say and uh yeah sit back and watch the rest of the nhl playoffs hopefully the penguins will lose and that'll give us a little bit oh, of come uh, on exactly yeah give us there. a little bit of uh you know redemption there feel a little you better you picked them I to win say, i know but don't you want to look smart I, no i don't want them to win okay uh, i would i, I, I will say it. the oilers as much money as that lost all of us uh it, it's kind of nice seeing another good team just get absolutely fucking dick takes the heat off of us a little bit you know so yeah uh, i did enjoy that last night <laughs> one of the things that i feel like just was a shocker to me is that wilson played so well in game one I, you know he had i think he had a goal and he had an assist on that overtime winner yeah and i just didn't really hear his name that much the rest of the series i mean i was talking my dad was watching you know game one and he said the capitals are just gonna literally bully their way through this through the bruins and i said yeah they very well could you know you got dylan chara wilson dowd hathaway all these you know rough and tough customers but i didn't really see wilson like fuck it like if he's not in the headlines i feel like that that there's something wrong i didn't really see him do too much in the last four games do you guys feel like i have some reasonable doubt there i mean i don't know i think that can be said for the entire top six 
Yeah, no, and, yeah. and it's so weird that game one actually looked good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, well, the, I guess there's the other thing we haven't talked talked about. It's tough to win a series when you start with Vitek Vanacek. He gets yeah. hurt. He comes out and halfway through the game, then it's Craig Anderson. Then Craig Anderson starts game two. Then game three, you're starting third different goalie. And granted, Sammy played well besides, the, you know, fuck up and double OT or whatever. But, it, you know, it's tough to win series like that. So it, I was okay. thinking this morning, I was like, I was thinking about the Panthers, and I was like, man, they've started Bobrovsky, Dreger, and Knight. I wonder what other team in NHL history has started three different goalies in a series, and now you just said that. I'm like, oh, it happened this year. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. It's like um, we we sort of saw over the last couple of years the, like, this two-goalie system. That's already outdated, boys. We're on the three-goalie yeah, system. Three-goalie system. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't Fucking know if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for you guys. I mean, obviously – I don't like the caps, so it's not the end of the world for me. But yeah, you know the pod. The pod has a big caps fan base. I would have liked to see things get a little more competitive. So well, we wanted a fucking caps penguins series too. I know. Right? It looks like we're we not going to get either. Might I both think. be having caps penguins golf tournament or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mac, what's your like, or Harry too? Like, what's your one change you would like to see in the off season? I don't think you know. You said you were happy with Laviolette behind the bench or do you think that change needs to be made there no I mean I was frustrated with him you know with the challenge shit not not just this game but I think he was he he had a pattern of not not wanting to challenge and maybe that's just because he believes in the team or whatever but I think overall I was I was pleased with Laviolette I don't want to see him uh get booted just yet I'd like to you know give him a little bit more of a chance in a, in a more traditional season as well and um hopefully with, you know, less guys going in and out of the lineup for COVID and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think the the main one that I'm sure that I want to see is, is I want to see them find a way to trade Kuznetsov and get something good for it. Like I know yeah. he's got a heavy contract. I know he is signed for several more years. Um, and I know he also has a no movement clause to like half of the league, but yep. even with that in mind, he's, he's a talented enough player that despite the season he just had, there's got to be some some interest there for sure, and and I I I believe they should be able to get somebody valuable for that. Right. I think the thing that I would like to see, and the thing that I was disappointed with uh, when I sort of took a step back and looked at everything, is the Caps went with the old veteran mentality this year. You know, bringing in I know he didn't play, but like bringing in Lundqvist, Chara, you know, that route. They're the oldest team in the league. Right clearly has not worked no and that's not the way that the nhl works anymore right. and uh, you know i don't leafs, know why the leafs have a little bit of a better model if you want to talk about that yes. because they have those veteran guys but they're not like they're on league minimums yeah so. and they're not they're not you know just completely filled with them in and out of the lineup i mean the caps are statistically the oldest team in the league like across the board um and you know at least the Leafs still have some young guys in marner and in Matthews even is still young and Nylander. Um, Nylander, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got a lot of young guys that are contributing and, and, and speedy guys that, you know, can skate circles around you for three periods all night long. So that's, that's a little bit more of what we need. Um, I know some Cavs fans out there talking about how we need to beg for Jacob Verona back. I don't think that's it either. I mean, you know, that's off and, and we'll see we'll this, see what we can get for him. Right. I I have zero remorse about the Verona trade. I'm sorry for anyone that needs to hear that. No. That was the right move. It was still yeah. the right move. It's still a good deal. Nick, we I I think I said this to you yesterday is that people were saying like, "Oh god, we got fleeced. Like Manta didn't really do shit in the playoffs. Like whatever, whatever." Here's the brutal reality is like you can't look at 2018 Jake Verona and say that's the guy that we traded away. You right. you didn't trade away him. You traded away 2021 Jacob Verona, right. whose coach is Peter Laviolette, which clearly didn't match. It just right. wasn't a match. And right. you might think that's stupid or dumb or you know why then why do we have Laviolette or whatever? I don't know. I'm not the owner. I'm just telling too bad. You. Exactly. This is yeah. Right. No, you're exactly right. This is the direction the team is moving in, and either get on board or get out. And that's yeah. that's just the way it goes. It's no. It's no yeah. hard feelings. It's not. You know, we all love Jake Rana and everything, but when a team moves in a certain direction that doesn't 
fit a certain player, moves have to be made. And that's what it's was done, dollars so. and cents. Yeah. I just think you guys can't lose Oshi. That would be my one thing. Yeah. I, uh, I know expansion the expansion draft, draft has me well, very nervous for that. You know, I don't, I don't think we will though, because I think we will be able to protect him. Like I, I hope I, so. I don't, I don't see a, a scenario where we don't protect Oshi. Um, especially with the little leeway we have of being able to not sign Ovi until after the expansion right. draft. You know, that's, right. the, that's, that's, that's the that's the key the thing that a lot of Caps fans are forgetting when they're they're out here saying, "Oh, we might lose Oshi," like because we have to protect Ovi. We don't have to protect Ovi because he's True. not on our team right now, technically. So, all right, I think we've beat that down pretty well. It was relatively civil. Good job. Yeah. You want to move on to Isles Pens? Yeah. So yeah, let's hear about some of your pain now. Yeah. Your turn. Oh, your turn. It's fucking brutal. Let me tell you. Um, two games since we last spoke. I'll be real quick on Game Four. We sucked. Malkin sucked. We got beat four to one, and that's really all there is to know. We took way too many penalties, and we got stuck in retaliation shit and it's just not going to get you anywhere. So we got dicked. So we come back to Pittsburgh last night two two game five and we played a really, really good game. I, I, I can't even, I'm almost like not mad. I mean, I am mad, but I'm almost, I'm not disappointed, I guess is because we outplayed the Islanders the entire game. I mean, I know they, they were showing the box scores yesterday in the first and second period, I think we outshot them like 30 to like 11 or something resembling that. I mean, we basically tripled them. Third period was a little bit of a different story, but nonetheless, we we outplayed them. And, you know, obviously Sorokin gets the start for, for the uh, Isles now in game four and five, and he has looked like 2000 Dominic Koshik all of a sudden. I don't know when they picked him up, but. Yeah, what a story. I mean, I didn't see this coming because Varley had an unbelievable regular season. And then yeah. he gets into the playoffs and he just looks like... Sorokin did too, for the record. I think yeah. he, he ended up winning like nine games in a row and going on some like rookie goalie record thing. I don't know. That Harry, is true. You, you said he looked like Dominic Hasek. I think like I was watching him play last night and I was like, oh my God, it's of getting Nabokov all over again. I mean, he looks exactly like him. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Well, and he he's a very good goalie, obviously, and we're struggling. My God, Pelik and Polak are so fucking annoying. That's I a pair right there. can't yeah. stand playing against them. It is so frustrating. And Dean, if you're listening – Scott Mayfield's played pretty well, and he's got like I, th- I was thinking that too. Yeah. I think he's got like six points in the series or something. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? He hasn't gotten walked once. You know, it, this is um, it, it was a tough game to swallow because obviously, similar to the Caps, when Samsonov and Schultz had the miscue in Game Three, Jari literally passes the puck right to Josh Bailey last tape night. Tape to tape. It was a great pass. Boom. Oh, yeah, to the other team. Boom, OT winner. It's like, you know, how, uh, double OT winner. It's just, I, I don't it's, know if we were what, uh, what Joe B likes to call a bang, bang play. Yes, yeah. it is exactly that. Although normally it's coming from somebody on your own team when he says right. that. Right. It, it, it's just a tough, tough game to swallow because you outplayed them. You took it to double OT. I thought, you know, we were going to actually pull it out. Uh, at some point in OT because we were out playing them, like I said, but a boneheaded play by Jari and we end up losing. I mean, he played relatively well despite that one play, but he's that's that's the third game of the se- – well, that's the second game of the series our goalie lost us. He lost us game one and he lost us that last night. So that's another hard pill to swallow. All right, Harry, do you want the good news or the bad news? I want the bad news. I'm, uh, I'm going to start with the good news, and then, I'll, and then I'll give you the bad news. So the good news is that the way that the Penguins lost that game and the way that, like you said, they, they totally outplayed the Islanders last night, that, to me, feels like a perfect setup for them to come into Long game six yep. in Long Island, right? Yeah. It feels like they're going to come in. They're going to, you know, it's Sid and the boys. There's a lot of, lot of heart in that lineup, a lot of veteran leadership, a lot of, you know, been there before type, type of deal. I, I think there's a high chance they find a way to win that game in Long Island and I'd four seven. Just lose in six because I know. However, here's the bad news: 
it's going to be really fucking hard to beat Barry Trotz on the Islanders in two games in a row yep. when they're trying to finish off a series. Barry is one of the best at finding a way to just eke out one of these two games with like a one nothing or a two to one victory. And yep. you guys are, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to win both of them. It's possible, of course, but it's gonna be fucking tough. That's definitely crossed my mind i'd rather lose in six i'm just being honest i'd like to take my memorial day weekend uh you know reel it in the right way in peace harmony love not violence um (laughs) but what what have your thoughts been on crosby so far yeah so he only has two points through the series right now um one of which was last night i mean they're they're they are neutralizing him pretty well I, I mean, I obviously I'm a little disappointed with the way he's played, but like I said, Pelic and Polak are are fucking nuts, dude. They're they are glued to everybody. Who I am disappointed with is Jake Kensel. He hasn't done anything, and they are manhandling. I know. Him. I listened to your advice and bet him to score a goal, and he didn't fucking do <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, I fi- I figured like, all right, the bubble's gonna burst. Like historically in the playoffs, he's one of the. I think he's like top five in the league in like goals per game in the playoffs. He hasn't done anything. And they've they've bullied him. I mean, he looks like a child getting tossed around behind the net. So um, that's one thing that I think they need to fix on the power play is, and we saw it in game three. Gensel took a penalty. They put Jeff Carter on the power play. Boom, he scores. He's 6'4", 220. What are you going to do to him? I mean, so I don't know. I have a feeling, I have a really, really bad feeling, Mac, that you're right in your guesstimate is that we pull out game six, we continue to play hard, and then in seven, it's a 2-1 dagger with like eight minutes left and Pavillier makes me want to break my TV screen. I, I already know it, so I'm fully See, prepared. This is the beauty of the Caps being out is I'm sitting over here. I would love to see a game seven between the Islanders and the Absolutely. Penguins. I think that would be so much fun. No. I love the way no. these two teams match up against each other. Um, there's a lot of hate, a lot of hate between the two teams and the fan bases too. So I, I would be all for it and be in Pittsburgh. I feel like it'd be a lot of fun. I, I'm not feeling great. I honestly, I'm saying it now I'd rather lose in six. I don't want to go to seven. I just, it's not, it's not good. I hear you on that one as if, as you know, if that's your team, of course I'm with you. Yeah. So We'll see. Good news is Malkin looked good last night. Latang has been playing some of his best hockey of his career. So if you know you tell me those two things, I'd probably tell you we're up in the series. But not gonna lie, after the 2018 playoffs, I thought Latang was like on the way out. He looked so bad, but he's really yeah. he's really turned it around and had a couple of good seasons. And and like he's you said, he's really been well. well well so far in the playoffs this year. So yeah, he's, he's played he's played really really well this season for us, which is surprising. But I don't know. We'll see. It'd be nice to have like a bona fide goalie, like you know, you know, is the number I one. I hear you. You know, um, there's one guy that that I know that that's kind of like that. His name is Mark Andre Fleury, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it'd be really nice if the Penguins had a guy like that right now. You know what I mean? I Whatever happened yeah, to him? I don't know. Yeah, he played for some team, and then they they I think they cut him, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't really want you." So yeah, he ended up somewhere else, but. Hmm. Sounds like Braden Holpe too. <laughs> <laughs> Except he sucks now and we don't right. want him back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I feel that. Um, let's move on. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Right. Let's get into something that uh, will make you feel a, a little bit better. Jets Oilers. Okay. So, um, <laughs> how's that? Make that's you feel not going to make Harry feel better. <laughs> I just better. lost a shit ton of money on he it. He lost like, his right. fucking life savings. <laughs> so, do we want to like explain what the thought process was there? Well, you act like I'm the only one. We talked to Rick. Rick said, yeah, that's got to be a lock. No, Nick and I are sitting over here pointing fingers. Why did you pick the Oilers? Everyone picked the Oilers. Everyone picked the Oilers. We're all scratching our heads on this one. Collectively, the hockey gambling community just, you know. It's horrible. The Winnipeg Jets are just, I can't, I cannot get a bead on this team. I like put like a, a, suspension on myself betting on them like two years ago because one game they would be incredible and the next game they would be horrible and i i still can't get a beat on this team they're right coming team you should stay away from when you're gambling yes like <laughs> can we bash the can we bash the oilers first real quick yes go ahead they scored three goals this entire series without mcdavid or dry saddle included three 
Well, that clip before the playoffs started when I uh, when we were talking about how McDavid's not going to yeah. be enough, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, you're right. I just didn't think it would be that bad. But, you know, McDavid ended up having four points, right? So it, on paper, it's like, oh, it was a point per game in the series, which he was, but it doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, games one and two, he was no, he was held scoreless. So, you know, in my opinion, that's more important is when the points are coming rather than how, you know, the number of points there actually are. Um, yeah, two OT. I think game three went to OT too, right? Am I wrong in that? Yeah, that was the implosion game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That's don't another even... one. All these game threes, man, this year have been huge. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they find a way to get that goal in in game three and make it a two to one series, who knows? But they don't, and now they're on right. the golf course. So, yeah, Jet. So if you haven't uh, seen yet, the Jets swept the Oilers with uh, a triple overtime goal last night, I believe, by Kyle Connor to ice the series. So yes, sir. McDavid and company are packing to the golf course. Kip- so this reminds me that game three loss. The Oilers were up three to one with eight minutes left in the third period. I was counting. It. I was counting money because I yep. went big on the money line. Like because I was yep. like, all right, I'm going. I'm already this deep. I'm just going to go oh. deeper. And I went to bed, and then I woke up, and then my buddy, shout out Daniel Fecho, I advised him to take all this with me, and I apologize, but you know what? I did that to a lot of people actually. Um, he, I, I, you know, you wake up, it's like 6.45, 7, you're like, oh, God, like, another day of work, whatever. You scroll, and you just see, like, like, oh, God, like, fuck the Oilers. And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's that. Oh, it's no. that message. Yeah. It's oh, that no. message. Yes. Yeah, it's oh, that, no, it's, no, it's like, it's that. It's like, it's like when you're waking up, and you're just like, you put the phone above your head, and you're just scrolling, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I was awake for until the to, till eight minutes left. There's no way they lost the game. And then you check the NHL app, and it's not one of the first four on the page. And you have to do that one thumb scroll, and your heart is like, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to scroll down to the bottom since it was the West Coast game. And then you look at it, and you make sure your eyes are seeing it right. And yeah. then you realize your eyes are seeing it right. And, and you're you like, see, how you see the, the f- two worst letters in hockey oh. betting? O T next to yes. the score. Yeah, dude. And How then, do you lose that game? And then you see in your cash app, you, you've got a request. <laughs> you've got a request for way more money than you thought. Right. And, uh, yeah. It, uh, a horrible performance. Yep. Choke job of the century. That was like Leafs Bruins type shit. That was horrible. Yeah. Honestly, like, fuck the Oilers. Like, I can't believe I put money on them. I, I, I've never, ever, ever, ever bet in the Oilers again. And I apologize because I, I really did think this was a lock. And I'm not, like, bullshitting. Like, I put my money where my mouth is, and I'm paying the price. No pun intended. Um, they suck. I, I, they I want suck. Mc, They're a bad I want hockey Mc, team. I want McDavid rumors now. Get him out. He's going to be 25. They've never done anything. Well, you know, we could sit here and shit on the Oilers for – a whole episode probably and be a lot of fun, but I, I kind of want to know what you guys think of the jets. Do you think that, you know, this was just classic. They ran into a team like the others that just kind of weren't set up to win a series right now. Or do you think that this is actually a team that can make some noise? I mean, whether it ends up being the Leafs or the Habs, we don't know yet looking like maybe slightly better chance will be the Leafs. I know Rick probably is knocking on wood as I say that, but um, yeah, I mean, whoever it is, whether it's the Habs, the Leafs or even, hypothetically, if they were to get further than that, do you think that the Jets are the kind of team that can make a deep run this season? I think it's the recipe is there. It's a very skilled forward group. You know, maybe you've got some question marks on the back end, but, I, you know, guys like Morrissey are playing out of their mind right now. And then the the stud Vesna winning goaltender between the pipes that I think this is the like the classic recipe for like a Cinderella playoff run. The it's all about USA too. Yep. It's all about the goaltending. It's all about the goaltending. That's all yeah. it is. And they got a good goalie. Um, what I will say is if they do play the Leafs or the Habs for that matter, both goalies in that series look pretty darn good right now. So Habs Jets would be an unreal series, I think, at this point. I, after I watching know the fact teams, that we but... we all talked about how we weren't going to watch if that was I know. The matchup. <laughs> the more I think about it, Carey Price versus Connor Hellbuck, that might be a, kind of a cool matchup, honestly. Yeah. 
the Leafs are taking it. So don't I think uh, Nikolai Ehlers looks incredible. He's hitting that like form that a lot of people were, you know, wondering where that was. So right, uh, good for the Jets. I mean, and how how about Matthew Perot still being a reliable right? player in the NHL after all yeah. these years too? I mean, he's been around for quite some time, and he's been making noise for quite some time. I remember when he's on the Caps, I. Uh, I got his Winter Classic jersey in 2011 because I really liked his, like, just gritty, like, small yeah. guy energy. And, and he's played that way for the last 10 years. So, you know, good for him. Kudos to the rest of the Jets. It's weird that he doesn't have the long hair anymore, though. Yeah, I don't like that. He needs the, like, floppy shit, like, right. flopping out of the back of his helmet. Yeah. Shall we move on to the other North Division series? Habs, yeah. Leafs. Um, we got the Leafs up in that series 2-1 after a scary game one with the whole Tavares incident. Uh, Leafs have bounced back nicely. 5-1 win in game two. Uh, they pretty much own that game. Spezza, Nylander, Matthews, they all they all looked really good. And then game three, they pull out a tight win. Uh, Cole Caulfield made his NHL playoff debut for the Habs. He had a really good chance with about seven seconds left in the game to try and tie it, but uh, Jack Campbell looked incredible and he's, he's playing really well right now in the, these, uh, all three games really, but especially in the last two, um, they do have a back-to-back game four will be tonight, uh, May 25th, the day that we are recording. So curious to see how the teams and coaches handle who's starting to net for that, you know, with back-to-backs, usually you're seeing a backup goalie in the regular season in the playoffs. It's a little bit of a different story. It's kind of crazy that. So, I mean, I get it because they started after everyone else, but like it's kind of crazy that these Canadian teams just have to play some back to back playoff games. Like, I yeah, can't, absolutely. Has that ever happened? I mean, I'm sure probably like way back in the day it did, but like when's the Sometimes, last time that should happen? Well, I feel like they usually do six sevens back to back. Okay, that's true. Yeah, I guess there have been a few of those in the last couple of years, but that's fucking tough, man. To, to yeah, you know, make a team play two playoff games and that's short of a span of time. That shit takes a lot out of you. And you got guys laying on the ice blocking shots and all that. Yeah, for sure. Did you guys see the, um, I know Harry, you talked about Caulfield having a chance to tie that game up. Did you see the like Corey Perry to Nick Suzuki pass in front of the net that Yeah. this much that by like a millimeter. Yeah. Uh, I think Jack Campbell looks incredible. I thought he played an awesome game last night. For sure. And uh, if we were if we were doing our first and fourth liner segment still, I would say William Nylander is easy, easy first liner. For I mean, sure. He, he's looked incredible so far. Three goals in all or three goals in three games, a goal in each game. Um, you know, he, it's funny. So he was asked by a reporter last night post game. They're like, you know, how do you where do you get your confidence from? Like, how do you how do you carry yourself with so much confidence? And he just says, I was born like that. Talk about a talk about a fucking good looking, high paid, skilled Swedish player who's basically got it made, and he just comes out with that. It's like, you know, I I, I kind of wish I was him. Yeah, I really wish I was him. Do you guys like the over or the under for this second of back to backs? Is that six? You know, probably. I I, I haven't looked yet, but I, I'm we'll guessing. say it's we'll say it's six. It might be five and a half, but if it's six. Uh, I mean, I guess it also depends if either goalie. I mean, I can't imagine either team going starting. to different. If I'm them, I just stick with the starter. I know it's back to back, but it's the playoffs. I yeah. think you still got to stick with Campbell and Price. Yeah, I think they will. I, I definitely think they will. One uh, little rivalry I want to highlight is that Matthews and Weber. They've been getting. Shea Weber is not a guy that I would particularly fuck with. Uh, he's pretty scary, and he's been around a while, but. Matthew's showing no fear. Uh, they, they've gotten into it a couple times now, especially behind the net. I don't know if you guys have seen the memes, but Matthew Matthews likes to do this thing where he just puts his hands up and he's just like, like when he's getting dragged or tossed. And, um, you know, I, I think that's pretty funny that and he's still getting, still getting penalties called on him. Just like Max said, it's not always both guys. It's not but, right. The one with Mantha too and all that. that oh we my God. About. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Game four will be tonight. That'll be a huge game for the Habs. If the Leafs go up 3-1, I don't really see a way the Habs are going to get back from that. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, Night's wild. Yeah. Um, Nick, I'll let you start with this one. Yeah, so Vegas is just rolling four lines right now. I think they're 
they're finding their groove and Minnesota is starting to like starting to struggle a little bit. I think they started off the series hot, but you know, guys like Kevin Fiala not having a point in the entire series. And I don't think Erickson Eck can score any more goals that are going to get called back. Cause it's happened in like what, th- like the first two games of the series. So yeah, uh, they just need more help. And I think this is now where we've reached the point where it's just a gap in talent between these two teams. You do know Minnesota won last night, right? I do. Okay. It's, so. it's ridiculous that they won. They got yeah. they got outshot 40 to 14 mm-hmm. and they found a way to win 4 to 2. Like I, I Cam Talbot man is is standing on his freaking head out there. Um he's played for a shitload of teams. He has. He's been around. But it's, I it, I don't think he's like I know he hasn't won a cup and I I don't think that he has even really like gone super far in the playoffs if i remember correctly right mac it's funny you mentioned the shot differential because the opposite is what happened in game four and that's when vegas won that minnesota like doubled them in shots that's correct yeah flurry stood on his head and the vegas ended up winning seeing a trend here where you know maybe the key now is to have a goalie who just steals a game and you don't really need to try i don't know It'd be nice if the Penguins had that, but I don't think we have that luxury. The, no, the Caps um, tried it, except their goalie turned the puck over to the other team, and then their team didn't try. Yeah, relatable. Uh, Nick, you know, what are your thoughts? You, you see this thing going seven. I mean, with Minnesota winning game five last night, the series is going back to Minnesota for game six. What do you think? I I, I want this thing to go seven so bad. I really so do. Fun. Because do I think really think – I really think that – if the wild got it to game seven, they have a legitimate chance. Yeah. Do you think it will? The bigger thing too, is like if Minnesota can find a way to get through Vegas, they, they have easier opponents in my opinion ahead of them. Like I I think if they have a chance of, of getting through Vegas, they could actually make a seriously deep run. Yeah. So they would go to Colorado next and and i i wanted them to get the avalanche to start the um to start the playoffs and and that didn't end up happening obviously but i i liked that matchup better than them against vegas even though they they did well against vegas this regular season for some reason i i thought they had a better chance against colorado and i think that i still like that matchup for them there's some history there too oh yeah. recent history as well big time yeah so I would love to see that. Harry, to answer your question, I'm going to, yep, yes, I'm rooting for chaos. I, I think this is coming back to Vegas for a game seven. I actually don't think it will. I would love to see it as well, but I think that Flurry will shut them out. I got Vegas on the road. I, I, I think uh, I think Flurry will bounce back. I think he only made 10 saves the whole game. I know. I That's think the, the Knights will win like three to nothing and, and Flurry will bounce back and, and have a big shutout. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he only made 10 saves last night. He had a 750 save percentage. I'd like to see how many times that's happened in his career. Is Robin Lehner going it? <laughs> I, I if <laughs> if that was like 20 shots on net, I feel like maybe, but with or if or if that line. was like they were up three to nothing and now it's three to one or something, maybe right. you throw Lehner in right. there because it's a good opportunity to get him a game or something. But yeah, you can't you can't mess around with that when you literally are trying not to go seven. Uh, moving on to Avalanche Blues. Don't think there's a whole lot to dissect here. The Avalanche sweep the Blues four to nothing. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is in his typical playoff form. He's got uh, nine points in four games played so far this season. Uh, if you look at the all-time stats with a minimum of 30 postseason games played, he ranks fourth all-time on that list with 1.43 points per game in the postseason in his young career so far. Uh, the Avalanche outscored the Blues 20-7 to and trailed for only seven minutes over the entire four games. Grubauer looked good. Avs are a wagon. Don't think there's a whole lot to say here other than that. Any thoughts? I think they're getting smacked in the second round. I really do. I really, really do. I think that the way, whether it's Vegas or Minnesota, I think they're getting smacked in the second round in like a six-game series or something like that because you got the Knights and you got the Wild over here battling it out in a really competitive playoff series. 
and one of them is going to win either in six or seven games and still have a little bit of time off probably before that next series starts. Um, and, and the Avs are looking like Team Canada uh, in the World Juniors, you know, barely trailing. I mean, obviously, Team Canada didn't trail that I love or whatever, that comparison. Literally, I, I just <laughs> don't think that this is a, a good, like, setup for them. And I, this is what I said when we did our, our playoff preview. I, I don't like this for the Avalanche. I, I don't think it's good for them to play a team like St. Louis, who I mentioned, in my opinion, were the worst team in the playoffs this season. And I think that's very clearly correct after we saw what they did. Uh, I, I seriously think they're going to get fucked in the second round. Well, that's a hot take. Nick. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I agree, Mac. And I think that it's another thing you have to factor in is the fact that they're also going to be sitting for Right. Probably another four or five days at a minimum. So and I say all that while I'm wearing a uh, right Nordic hoodie, Nordic but hoodie too. and Harry's yeah, got, got his the abs hoodie on. on too. But I uh, I, I think we'll the my favorite takeaway from the series was the Grubauer social media troll job he did on Bennington last night. Did you guys see that <laughs> post he made? No, what did I didn't. Do? What happened? So he posted like a picture of the referees like separating them, and he was like memories from round one. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of awesome yeah. i love that but yeah. it's such a hothead too i bet he saw that and just started fuming exactly and yeah. i feel like that's what we need is like we need like a we've got like a team rivalry and we've got like you know tom wilson versus the world or austin matthews and shea weber i feel like we need two goalies that just like don't fucking like each other that actually would be that good is cool league. yeah i yeah. like that i am a fan of that um all right not too much to say there other than the avalanche are a fucking wagon. We'll see uh, what hot takes take place for round number two. Now we're moving on to the battle of the South. We got the Predators versus the Hurricanes. Hurricanes were up in the series when we last spoke 2-0, and the series came back to Smashville with 12,000 strong at that home arena, loud as shit. And both games go to overtime, and the Predators end up taking both, and now we got ourselves a series. I love this series. I did not yes. expect it to be exciting the way it is. I thought the Hurricanes were actually going to kind of walk the Preds. I'm pleasantly surprised to be wrong here. I, I said this the other day when my buddy texted me. He said, sorry about the Caps. Who are you rooting for now? And I said, go Preds for some reason. Because I don't know. It's tough not to root for this team. I, I really like the way they're playing. I, I enjoyed watching some of their final regular season games, the way UC Saros was just shutting teams down single-handedly. Um, they're a fun team, honestly. They're really fun with, like, Forsberg and Duchesne. And um, that that Luke Coonan guy is, is really yeah, playing sick. well as well. He scored a couple of huge goals in game uh, four. Um, but I love their announcers too. They just really electric energy from that team as a whole. And I'm rooting for them. I would love to see them uh, get past Carolina. I also hate the fucking hurricanes. So. Same. I think that's, that's the bigger point is fuck the canes constantly all the time. Um, They're fucking social media. I would love to see them just like lose the next two literally after yes. going up to nothing, just losing six, like right. big middle finger to you guys. Exactly. I, I could not agree more. I think Soros looks locked in. He's not, I wouldn't say he's been anything like incredible, but he's just, he's doing what he needs to do. He's keeping them in these like last two games. So um, yeah, I, I think any, this is any one series at this point. I think, you know, like you said at the beginning, we were like, oh, this is, you know, this is going to be over in four. Uh, it's definitely not. So. Yeah. It's Nashville's putting up a great fight. I had to look up that Luke Coonan guy, Nick. I'm not sure if you know a little bit more about him, but I just looked up. He was drafted in 2015 by the wild. Like I was just going to say, overall. wasn't he a, a Minnesota guy? And yep. yeah, I'm glad I didn't make that up. He was drafted pretty high 15th overall. I mean, you're talking about, you know, first half of the, of the first round. So he's an American guy too. Yep. Gotta love that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like, Carolina, they're too they're too deep. I can't really imagine they're gonna blow this, especially with Brindamore as the coach. I just, you know, you could you know that how there's certain coaches where you just kind of know they're gonna fucking bring it no matter what. Trotz is one of them, right? Um, 
Quinville. Paul Laviolette was one of them, but I mean, I guess yeah. you don't have a team yeah. to work with. It's not his fault. But Qu- Quinville and Cooper come to mind. I put Rod Brindle totally. in that in there. Yeah. I mean, I just I I'm don't see you. a scenario where he thinks I don't see a scenario where he doesn't have his team a trillion percent prepared for everything that's coming their way. Um, I think I Cooper mean, whines a little bit. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a little bitch boy. Yeah. A little bit, but um, I, I don't know. I think I think Keynes will probably take it still. I do think it might go seven. I mean, with the trend that we're seeing, the home team wins every game. Who so. wins tonight? You guys think the Canes win in uh, in Raleigh? Yeah, I got Canes. I think the Canes bounce back and get it done at home. Yeah. I think that the Predators are going to continue to to puzzle the Canes for one more game and, and really make them like head scratch here. Um, and I think that similarly to the Penn's Isles series, that's the way that this one ends up going seven, because I think that if the Canes win tonight, it, it won't go seven. I feel like they'll find a way to like close it out after that, but it's a good um, take. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Nashville's gonna like get outplayed tonight, but find a way to win, probably because of Soros or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I could see that happening. But God, it's I would that just all love important to see the game Canes five. I would just love to see the Canes get bounced. Yeah, fucking storm surge, more like shit storm. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> so true. Oh man. In our last series, the Battle of Florida, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we had the Lightning up in the series, three to one going into last night's contest uh, in Sunrise. And then Spencer Knight makes his NHL playoff debut. He's the third goalie that the Panthers have used in this series. And he let in the very first shot of the game. And you know how he rebounded? A 20-year-old goalie, I repeat, 20-year-old. He made 36 saves in a row after that, bouncing back perfectly for the Cats. Um, you know, the Cats end up winning the game. Series is 3-2. We're going back to Tampa for game six. I don't know if they'll be able to pull that one off. That is really tough to do. That is a tough, tough draw that's a, for That's them. a tall task. <laughs> I don't see any way that the Panthers find a way to win this series at, at this point. It, it's great that they won that last game, but after losing 6-2 to two in, in the all-important game four to go down 3-1 to one series, that nah, I, I don't see it happening. But I would love it. I would love it. I just I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, I think Spencer Knight's the real deal. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, yeah, man. He looks great. What an absolute stud performance that was. I can't imagine trying to do that at 20 years old and looking so calm and collected while doing it against the best team league, basically like literally some of the most threatening shots on the lineup from Kucherov and Stammer. And he made that one save on, on Kucherov where Kucherov had like a break down the the right wing and Knight's like a hundred yards out of the cage to challenge him and just take the angle away. It was just such a pro move. So I want to ask you guys, cause this has been one of the, one of the things that Kenny Albert talks about 17 different times in the game. Um, the cats are running a five forward power play, no defenseman, especially they, they had Keith Yandel out there for one of them, but he got scratched in game four. That's a whole different subject. What do you think about the five forward power play? Do you think more teams should be trying to do that? As a Washington Capitals fan, it makes my insides shake because I would just... Because we already give up 6,000 shorthanded goals a year. Because the thought of Ovi and then another forward trying to go D to D at the blue line is yeah. terrifying to I mean, me. the way Carlson ends up flat-footed on those every time, he may as well be a forward, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really helping us to have him as our D on the ice in those yeah. situations. The Caps kind of used to do that with Mike Green because... True. Yeah. He yeah. Play forward. Yeah. yeah, and that puck tended to go the other way a lot, so... It's an interesting tactic, and I, I'm a little surprised that more teams don't dabble with it, Um but that Panthers power play looked really good last night. I mean, they, they worked the puck really well. Barkov looks like he's a defenseman at the point. There's been a bunch of colleges and junior teams that have done that. And like some of them have made it work. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, if I think you, it's like, all dependent on the team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing I'd like to mention is that, you know, Panthers last night, instead of obviously Barkov had a couple points, but no goal. Huberto didn't have a goal. Uh, Trocek didn't have a goal. It's not the typical guys. You know, you got Hornquist, Marchment, these guys that are grinders and mucking it up all series long. They get on the board in game five. So 
I think that gives the Panthers a little bit of hope because you would now think that in game six, the stars are going to come to play. So I don't know. I It's really hard to go into Amelie Arena and take a game six there and try and force it home. But it would be a hell of a storyline, wouldn't it? Because well, I think I mean, this series deserves seven. You're absolutely right. I think that a lot of people are forgetting, myself included, in a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are forgetting that Panthers have home ice advantage here. And if they if yep. they are able to force seven, it's coming back to Florida, like you said. So, I mean, well, coming back to Florida, I guess the whole fucking series. Sunrise, Florida, yeah. But, yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, if they will find a way that to steal game six, that would be huge. They need to stay out of the box. I think, you know, Huberdeau has been great all series, but he did take I did the really dumb hooking penalty while they were on the power play last night uh, that Sergeyev basically just, you know, he got his stick in here. Sergeyev just grabbed it and fell over. So it looked like a hooking penalty, but you, you just can't get baited into stuff like that. Am I correct that they had like full capacity at, at this Panthers yep. game? Hundred percent. Was it straight up a hundred percent like sold out arena? I don't think it was sold out because it is still the Panthers, but it's the <laughs> most I've seen an arena filled since right. the, in, in the last two years. So I gotta think that that kind of helped them win. No, I yeah. mean they they yeah. had a huge crowd behind them and they win four to one. That's that's a pretty that's the kind of win that you need in game right. five. You know, it's so yeah. funny to me to think that the Florida Panthers are utilizing like their home crowd advantage <laughs> over like the Winnipeg Jets or the Leafs or the Oilers. Like if like two years ago, somebody said like, Hey, in 2021 playoffs, uh, the Panthers will have like the biggest crowd out of any team or whatever. Like I don't people think most of us. Yeah, right? exactly. But here we are now. It's obviously that reminds circumstantial, me. but. One thing I don't think we've mentioned is that the Canadians announced that I believe if the, I guess it would be game six, if it goes that far, that they will actually have 2,500 fans mm-hmm. at, uh, at the bell center. So that's kind of cool. I do think that's uh we talked about earlier too, when we we're doing our playoff previews about how it's very possible that whoever gets out of the Canadian division just gets absolutely worked after they're out of it. I wonder if the fan thing will play in as well. Cause I got to think it's, it's yeah. different just playing in those empty stadiums. And then suddenly you're going on the road to play in Vegas or something oh, like that. Oh and God. it's just like, you're getting fucking heckled out there. Yeah. And it's it's a like, culture shock. Exactly. So I, those I guys haven't seen fans all year. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They haven't played in front of fans all year. That's definitely a factor that I think will play a role. Cause they're not used to the, I mean, you could say what you want. They've played hockey all their life, but. You haven't played in front of fans for four months and you've played, you know, 60 games. All of a sudden you get thrown into chaos. That's a little bit of an adjustment to make. So that definitely plays a role. They also need to still figure out the the Canadian border thing. I know that they're working on that, but right. um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that probably in the next two weeks, I would say. I hope so, because I think the worst thing they could do is give us like an awkward, like week long gap between the second and third round. I think that would yeah. be a disaster. Yeah. And that would be unfair for teams too, in yeah. my opinion, because just momentum is so huge this time of year. And especially two weeks from now, it's even bigger. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that covers all the series uh, real quick. I think Mac already gave his with the uh, avalanche getting bounced in the second round, but any hot take predictions that you have up to this point? Hmm. You I'm mean going into still. the second round or, yeah, or, even, to or even, to fi- even to finish the first round? It doesn't matter. I think the cats force game seven somehow. Okay. Do you think they win game seven? I don't know. I'm, well, I picked them in seven. So say they do yes. yeah. say it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what mine would be. I mean, if the Predators beat the Canes, and I know Whitney said this on Chicklets, that would be the biggest upset of the playoffs. I, I somewhat disagree. I I personally thought before the playoffs started that if the Jets beat the Oilers, it would be the biggest upset. And wow, did that, yeah. wow, did that not age well? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, maybe I think it, if the Wild upset Vegas, it would be the biggest upset. Or if the Cats yeah. upset Tampa. Like it has to be one of those two. I for do me. think both of those would be more shocking, in my opinion, than the Preds upsetting Carolina. If I have to give a hot take, I don't necessarily fully believe this will happen, but I wouldn't be shocked. I think, I think the Leafs end up winning the next two, and they just gentlemen sweep the Habs. I will say, I mean, obviously, you never want to see a guy get hurt, especially you know your captain, somebody like that. But I, I do think the group has has found a way to rally around that, and yeah, and, yeah. And, 
that that could end up being a good thing for them. Of course, obviously, right. injury is never a good thing. But you could know be the I mean. start of their DVD. Just saying. There you go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Uh, all right, boys. Well, that does it for today's episode. If you guys got any final notes that you want to mention, no, no. Go, um, go uh, check out the summer merch. Yeah, check out the summer merch. Uh, our siblings graduated, so Jack and Caroline, congratulations. Uh, keep up yeah. the good work. Nice. Yeah. Uh, check out that summer merch. You can find link in all of our bios, social bios. Go to the website, www.emptybetters.com. Click on shop. You'll see the summer merch right at the top. Uh, we'll be announcing something cool for that in the coming weeks. Just keep an eye out on that. But uh we should be having our round two previews coming up soon. Maybe next week, I think. I mean, something like that. Yeah. So we'll, you guys, we'll keep you guys in the loop. But uh, enjoy the rest of round one. Hopefully, you enjoyed our misery. It's not really that fun to be a Caps or Pens fan right now. So, real quick, one more thing, Nick. Now that I know, I, I said I'm kind of rooting for the Preds. Who's your team now? Like, who do you want to win it all now that the Caps are out? I'm going to root for the the Panthers for the meantime. I just, uh-huh. you know, maybe it's the crowd. Maybe it's just the players on the team. It's just, it's kind of hard not to root for them, in my opinion. Fair Plus, enough. I don't want the Lightning to get away with having yeah. $17 million extra dollars to sign superstars. And if they win that series, I mean, I, I could see Tampa repeating if, if they get to the Panthers. And, and that's what yeah. scares me. Yeah, I don't want that either. I like so. how you don't ask me that question because I feel like we already know. Well, I'm, no, I mean, I'm not asking you. Your I'm team's I'm still kidding. in, so. Yeah. Oh, what, dude, the Penguins are fucking dead. By this next episode, you can book this conversation. If that, well, I, then next episode I'll ask you, but yeah. not, okay. not yet, not yet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's all good. Uh, I, I'm I'm already like pulling out the Matthews jersey because this is this is just and and south. I already know who your team is. If right. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going with it. All right, everybody, we appreciate you listening. And without further ado, class dismissed.